0: So we're in a series uh, called Forty Days of Prayer, and uh, we're going to be wrapping it up next week. And um, what I've been le- leading to in some of the weeks is, you know, we we pray for these things, and you guys fill out your connection cards, and you put in the prayers, and we've 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 prayed for thousands and thousands and thousands of those, and we love and we love getting, uh, you know, when you. Uh, that out, um, it helps us to know what you're going through and it helps us to be in a p- position where we um, uh, can partner with you. And so we pray for every single one of those every single week. And uh, like Marquise was saying, if, it, if it's something personal, you just write pastor only and only, and only the pastors will see that. But, um, but we, we've partnered with you and for some of you, as long as we've been doing those connection cards, we, we've probably, for some of you, prayed for like a hundred different things. And that's really important, and it's important for our church family to be able to know what's going on with you, and so we thank you for filling out those connection cards and filling out the prayer portion. But this week, what we're going to talk about is what happens when God says no. What do you do when God says no to your prayer? And, um, and so I, I took a slide from last week, and... Uh, it was saying, what do, you, what do you need breakthrough for? And I just changed it. Just what, do you, what are you praying for? Like your marriage. Are you praying for your marriage? Maybe even to get married. Uh, you're praying for some physical thing. You've got an ailment or whatever, a back issue or what have you. You're praying for your finances. Maybe you're praying for a new job or a promotion or just something to ease the, the tension that you're feeling financially. Or Maybe it's emotional. Maybe you struggle with fear or anxiety, something like that, and, and you just want God to take it away. You, know, you can't figure out what, why you're anxious. You know you're not supposed to be anxious, but just the, it'll, it'll come and hit you like a wave or you're, maybe you're struggling with depression. Or maybe it's something like bitterness. You, you just can't get over what they did to you and, and you'll go before God and you'll go, if you've ever done this, what I've done, it's like, God, this is how I'll pray. God, I don't care what it takes, just take it away. And then I'll go, well, I actually do care what it takes. Like, like do it nicely, you know, if you will, you know. Uh, but I just, I just want it to go away. We want it to be easy, you know. Uh, maybe it's our nation. You know, you're just like you read the news or you follow it, something online, and you're, you're just like, you know, I, I don't understand. You know why, why can't we fix it? Why are they always arguing all the time? and you know why is there so much crime and why is there so much poverty and why is there so much racial tension and all these things? and so you 're praying and, or maybe it's your neighborhood you know it 's starting to go downhill or or you have a neighbor I had a neighbor one time uh, he, uh, he, he was right, he lived right next door to me, and, and so it, we didn 't have air conditioning, so we'd have, have the windows open and um, so at night, he stayed up really late and so at night he'd be working on his motorcycle and, um, and he'd actually like fire it up at, at like 12 at midnight, you know. And then the other thing was he, he, he medicated himself and that would come in through our window. So uh, I, I prayed for him to leave or to, you know, have enough money to buy more Doritos. But I, I, uh, I prayed for him to leave, and, and he, wouldn't, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't go. Maybe it's your school. Maybe things are going on with your school. But often, oftentimes God says no. I just want to start off with this caveat because we're going to go through some of the things of why God says no and what we can do in the process. But just at, at the risk of offending somebody, and I probably will, I just want to talk to Christians right now. So if you're not a Christian, if you don't believe in the Bible or you're just kind of trying to figure it all out, you're, you're totally off the hook, okay? Okay. Uh, you don't have to worry about it. I'm just going to talk in-house in uh, because a lot of times we take these truths and we regurgitate them to people in pain. Your job is to be Jesus, not to explain God. When people are in pain, that is not the time for you to show what new Bible verse you learned. You learned. And how it's so applicable to what they're going through. It, it doesn't help. And, 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 and let me just tell you why there's a, a tension to do it. Because I, I fall into it too. People's pain makes us uncomfortable. It's why we ask people, hey, you think it's going to rain today? Because we have nothing else to say. We don't know how to start a conversation or whatever. And the same is when someone tells you something about a pain they go through, it it, it's transference. You feel it. And so the temptation is to say a Bible verse or say, you know, everything works out for, for a reason or they're in a better place now. And so we, we feel uncomfortable because we don't know what to say. And I, I get that. The other thing is we, we, we feel insecure that if we can't explain God, what does it say about the God that we serve? What I'm telling you is to be present. That is your job when somebody's in pain. So we're going to go through these Bible verses. But they're not used like a Band-Aid that we hand somebody who's bleeding. We stay with them. I hope that makes sense. I hope I didn't offend anyone. But I'm I'm telling you, having been on the receiving end of, of being in pain and going through things that were very, very difficult and having a Bible verse quoted to me, like, all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. John. Yeah? Okay, well, I guess I just don't love the Lord then. Because all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. So I, I, maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe if I loved him more, he'd fix it. That's horrible theology. So It's better just to be quiet. Often. Mostly. Okay? So, you can, you can take this oath You don't have to raise your hand. I promise not to explain someone else's pain. I promise not to to explain someone else's pain. I'll I'll make it easier on you. I will try not to explain someone else's pain. It does not even a promise. You just try not to. It doesn't help. There's this guy in the Bible, his name's Job. I have no idea why we don't call him Job. That's how you say it. Like, someone <laughs> just decided, you know what? Let's call it Job. Like, that, well, you, you spell it different. It's like, no, just call it Job. It's too late now. I, can't, I campaigned. I had signatures and everything. Nobody cared. So it's Job. We'll call him Job. That's what he said he wanted to be called anyway. So uh, so he had, he had it made. He had all, He had tons of kids, which back then, was like really exciting, like, you know, for me, I'm like, three is way plenty. Uh, but he had a ton of kids. He had a lot of money. He had fields. He had cattle. He, was, he just had it set. And Satan comes to God and says, well, the reason he honors you is because things are going so well. Just to get this off the, my chest, I don't ever want God and Satan having a conversation about me, okay? <laughs> God, no problem. But the two of them together, should just stick with Job. Uh, and so, so he says, you know, if you took everything away, he he wouldn't he wouldn't praise you. And so God allows Satan. He said, you can you can take anything you want, but you can't take his life. So marauders come, they kill all his kids, all his cattle are gone, all his fields are gone, and he breaks out in this like really painful, horrible disease. And if you know the story, you, you, you get it. It all, it all turns out okay in the end. Uh, but his buddies show up, and they sit with him in silence for seven days. That's awesome. That's awesome. If you ever want to know how, what to do when somebody's in pain and you don't know why or you can't explain it, be quiet. Just your presence is a soothing balm to them. Just being next to them. What happens, the reason the book of Job gets off the rails is they they couldn't stand it any longer and they had to start talking. And even what they were saying was right, but they didn't get it right. Because at the end of the day, You have no idea why you're going through what you're going through or why the person sitting next to you is going through what they're going through and how prideful it would be to say, oh, God's judging you. Oh, you didn't have enough faith. Oh, God needed another flower in his garden. Don't, please, can we just, it's horrible theology anyway, so. Okay, does that make sense? To be present. I will try not to explain anybody else's pain. God was very upset with those guys too and has a lot of strong words to say you should read Job. It's, it's uh, pretty awesome. So what I'd like to do is um, go through three possibilities. There's many, many, many others of why God might be saying no to you at this particular time. And, and why he, he might continue to say no, or he might change his mind. And I'm hoping that this is really helpful for you. Um, at the end of the day, these aren't formulas to get him to say yes. <laughs> okay? So you're just like, oh, man, you like walk out. You know, what good is he if he reads the Bible and can't give us some uh, easy formulas? Um, but it, it will hopefully, um, uh, it might not change your problem, but hopefully it will change your perspective of as you're going through what you're going through and you're asking God for something, uh, why he might say no. And I, I'm gonna use analogies about my own kids. And so for those of you who are single or haven't had kids, I, I don't mean to exclude you or to, uh, but, but you, you, you understand because you were once a kid anyway, so you, you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, here's the first one. When God says no, sometimes he has a bigger perspective. God has a perspective that we'll never have. Because, don't think about it too long, because you'll need to take an Advil. He, he sits outside of time. So he sees past, present, and future all together. It's like, it's like this. This is a bad analogy, but it's the best one I could come up with. It's like a parade, there's a parade going by, and you're on ground level. And you're watching the parade, and you can kind of see a little bit behind, and you can kind of see a little bit ahead, but you don't know what float is coming next. You don't know what, you know, right now, you're, you're watching the float, and it's really cool, Let's say it's the Rose Parade, and things are spinning all around, there's like a trapeze person, and you're like, this is awesome, this is awesome. And then a high school band comes, and you're like, boo, you know, I, I don't know if you're like me. <laughs> I, I just... I don't know. Anyway, and you're just like, man, when's this band going to get done with this? This is like driving me, driving me crazy. And then some horses will come, and you're like, yay, you know, horses. And then something will break down. And you're like, boo, you know. And you're kind of going through this whole thing. Well, God sits up over the entire parade and knows exactly why everything has stopped right here. He can see that up in front there was this, and he can see what's coming next, which is essentially the future. What, what, what is you know, what's coming. And so oftentimes we want to ask for something and God has this bigger perspective and the answer is just not yet. If you wait long enough, it'll come. Sometimes we do this with relationships. I want to get married, I want to get married, I want to get married. And God's like, you, you need, we're not going to do that to anybody right now. <laughs> you, you need to be fixed, right? We're going we're to wait until you get Until you get fixed, right? Is that harsh? It wasn't. It doesn't apply to you guys. It's for Facebook Live. Um, And so, and so he has this bigger perspective. He he knows what's coming. Uh, We do this with our kids, right? You know, our kids want can't they want ice cream for breakfast? They want ice cream for breakfast, and they're like, why can't I have ice cream for breakfast? Why can't we have ice cream? for breakfast. And you're, you come from a, you, you, like, I'm not going to sit and explain to a four-year-old what diabetes is, okay? I'm just, I have a bigger perspective as a parent because I know. May, maybe it's finances. Why, why you know, uh, I know of a child um, uh, who can't save their money. Once that child gets money, they, it's just like, it's like, it's like burning in, in, in their hands. And, and so they will go online. I'm doing the best I can to not tell you who he is. Uh, <laughs> but he'll go, he'll go online and, and, and buy stuff. And and to his defense, it's, it's good stuff. It's like, you know, computer parts and stuff like that. He'll build a computer, whatever. But But it's like I have the perspective of having lived a long time going, Man, if you could just save t- 10%, tithe 10% and just live on the rest, if you start that now, like if, if, if my, if, if uh, two of my other kids have did that. Um, but uh, and so uh, like, like seriously, if, if, if we tithe 10% of our money and we save 10% of our money and we lived on the rest, you, you, you retire no problem. There, there would be no problem. But I have a bigger perspective than he does. I have a bigger perspective. Now, he's getting much better. He's, he's like becoming an adult now. It's amazing how, God, how he's just transformed into a wonderful young man. But it was like, when he was little, but younger. Here's what the Bible says, Hebrews 4.13. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. What? Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him. Oh, this is scary. I shouldn't have put that in there. Uh, Him who we must give an account. He knows everything. He knows our tendencies. He knows what? I'm not going to say yes to this now because you're not ready for it. You're going to, you're going to, it's a bigger perspective. When I grew up, I grew up, we grew up wealthy, had a, had a, went to a country club and all that kind of stuff and you know so oftentimes I think you know that you know I, I kind of that kind of be cool to grow up like having like driving a BMW when I'm 16 and you know being able to buy stuff and all that and I started thinking to myself me at 16 with a BMW. Yeah, no, I think God had a bigger perspective. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of glad I grew, up, I grew up poor. He had a bigger perspective. Because I wasn't, he, he knows what kind of man I would become if, if, if I grew up wealthy. He, he just knows that. Because here's what he does in Proverbs 2.8. He guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. If you have a child or you're an aunt and uncle or whatever, or you're, you're, take, you're a guardian taking care of somebody, You know why you say no. It's to guard and to protect. That's why you say no. Well, how much more does your heavenly father love you and wants to guard and to protect you? He has a bigger perspective. I just wrote this down. If you could see your your life the way God does, it would change your prayers. You'd, You'd say no to you. Right? If you could see your life the way God sees it, you would say no to you as well. We just have to trust him that he might have a, a, a bigger perspective. Sometimes when God says no, he has a better plan, right? It, it might be that, that, that he does want you to get married or he does want you to have kids or he does want you to have a job, but he wants to do it a different way. So I'll tell you the story um, Back when I was in business, before uh, um, going into uh, the ministry, we had this account, a large airline account, and they wanted bids on a logistics package that would uh, track all of their beverages all over the world, and so our company decided to bid on it, and, and don't what I'm about to say is going to sound self-serving. I don't really mean it to be that way. And if you n- knew what I knew, you'd realize it wasn't really that big of a deal. But I wrote this, this little program that would do that. And then um, this was like right when the internet was starting. And so I, I, put, it, I put it online. And so we go to... Um, we go it's, we fly into Chicago, and it's just like you'd see in any show. There's a giant mahogany table, and there's executives all around. And I'm up in the front, right, with like a little pointer, my laptop, and I'm, and I'm showing the, the system behind me. Now, you have to understand, this, this process to, to build this thing took months and months and months, and I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, God, please, oh, let's, let me get this account. Because what I wanted to do was take the account and then start another company, that would just just do that, and we'd do it for airlines and everything, and then I would be a millionaire, okay? That was my purpose. God, please, let me get this account. If I can get this account, I'll be so happy. Oh, it'll be great for the kids. Imagine the tithe check, Lord. Just imagine it. Just imagine what you could do with my money. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the kingdom will be, everybody will come to Christ, you know? And so, um, so I'm praying for this thing. I'm praying for this thing. I had people praying for it. I get, I, I get in, and I... And I, I open the laptop, and I'm, I'm doing this thing. And they said, well, it would be a little bit better if we could do this. And on the fly, I, I did it right then to show them how fast we can change stuff. I left that, that meeting. I'm like, nailed it. I'm like, there's no way. There's no way we're not getting this account. I was all happy and everything. And they called me a week later, and they're like, nah. I'm like, I changed it in front of your eyes. The other company, I knew who we were bidding against, they didn't even have a program written yet. So, all that to say, I wouldn't be the pastor here if, it wasn't, if, if we got that account. And no, I wasn't looking for that. What I'm trying to say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks to, for the two of you, by the way. <laughs> Let's not all, you know, sit down, sit down. No, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is as I look back, because I was devastated. I was devastated. But I look back now that God had a different plan. I I promise you if we had that account, I would never go into ministry because it would become a God to me. That, That would have become a God to me. And I, and I would have babied it and I would have held on to it and cherished it and stroked its little head and God would have been like, no. And so he, so he, he had a plan, a different plan for me. I, I praise him for that. I praise him for that. I still would take the millions, but I'm just saying. Here's what it says in Isaiah 55. You guys are like, man, he talks about millions a lot. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. We've, we've gone over this a, a couple times in, in, the, in the previous weeks. My thoughts are not your thoughts. I don't think the way you do. Neither are my ways. Uh, neither are your ways. My ways, declares the Lord. I don't do things the way you do. I don't think the way you do, and I don't do things the way you do. And so oftentimes, God will be saying no, even in the midst of our pain, and we say, but God, it hurts, and he says, I don't do things the way you do. I care more about your character than your comfort. You care more about comfort than character. You might also care about character, but comfort, you got to admit, it comes first for a lot of us. And he just says, I don't think the way you think, and I don't do the things the way you do. And you say, well, God, so, but we're pretty close, right? I mean, I mean, I, I think spiritual things, and I, I do spiritual things, so there's, you know, God, you know, like, you know, I, I could probably understand your thoughts and understand your ways, right? Well, he goes on and clarifies. Well, no, because as far as the heavens, <laughs> as the heavens are higher than the earth, that's high, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. It's, he thinks way, way, way differently. He has a much larger perspective, and he has a much greater plan. So in, uh, in my case, God knew, no, 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 no. I've called you to be a shepherd Not to be a ceo that's what i've called it's going to take it took me 10 years from the time i was called to the time i walked through those doors there 10 year process because god had a different plan for my life than to be a ceo he called me to be a shepherd which brings me to my third point sometimes god says no he has a greater process he has a greater process and this is the bad, the bad news. God oftentimes uses pain. It's good news and it's bad news. The bad news is he doesn't seem to be that upset when we go through pain. Does he love us? Absolutely. Did he create us not to go through pain? Absolutely he did. But in a broken world, this is what happens. We go through brokenness because it's a broken world. And so that's the bad news, that he, 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 he's not as concerned with our comfort as we are. But here's the good news. He will take every squeezed out ounce of pain and will use it for your good, if you would allow him to do that. He'll take every heartbreak. He'll take every um, missed expectation. He'll take every loss. And if you would allow him to do it, if I would allow him to do it, if I were to say, God, because he does not mind you complaining. This is terrible. And I hate it. And I don't don't like this process that you have me in. And he says, sometimes I use a greater process than what you want. You know, you, you think about Going to God, this would be really cool, by the way, if you have credit card debt. God, listen, I know I bought a jet ski. I realized that. And a DVD player. And, uh, and a whole, I went overboard on Christmas. I realized that. But here's what we could do. Why don't you tell somebody to give me $7,000 and 52 cents? And if they write a check for exactly that, wouldn't that be a cool story? Like I didn't say anything and it was the exact amount of my credit card bill. What do you think? And God says, I have a greater process for you. Why don't you begin to get your finances under control so that you can become a person who has their finances under control? Hmm. Why don't why don't you begin to get a savings plan so that you can be someone who saves? How about how about that? That might be a thing. That's a greater process. Our process we want quick, quick, quick. I'm not. That was a lame example for some of you. I know, and you're going through stuff way more than than credit card. You want them to take the pain away. But if you look at this process, you. you Paul talks about this process that he he has. Um, Paul wanted to to preach the gospel in Rome, okay? Uh, He wanted to go to Rome and preach the gospel because that was the center. Well, he went to Rome, but God had a different process, a different plan, a different perspective. Paul was gonna stay in Rome in chains. We'll get to that in a second. But he wrote this, for our light and momentary troubles. Now, his troubles were neither light nor momentary, but because he has an eternal perspective, because he knows he worships an eternal God, uh, uh, he, he can call them light and momentary troubles, are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. This is part of the problem, not problem, but the thing about God. God knows that with an eternal perspective, all his promises are yes and amen. Amen. They may not be for that, your particular place in the parade, but all his promises from the Genesis 1-1 to Revelation, however it ends in some chapter and verse, whatever that is, all those promises are yes and amen with an eternal perspective. And it's kind of like, like a little kid when you say you, 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 you have to, I remember my parents told me one time, I think I was in the second grade, and I said, like, well, when, when, when can I finally get out of school? And, and they're like, well, with college, uh, you know, it, it, it was like 16 years. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to die in school. Like, like <laughs> I, I, but because they have a better, better perspective, a better plan, and a, and a better process, they know that for me to go through that all the way is going to be better for me. For our momentary light troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that that far outweighs them all. God looks at your pain. He looks at what you're going through and he says, you have no idea how good it's going to be. Trust me. He goes on. So what do you do? So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, because that's easy, the pain, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. Sometimes God just has a different process that going through these things is going to refine you. And you begin to look in, in, in the scriptures and you see, well, man, Abraham had pain, Moses had pain, Paul had pain, Peter had pain, James had pain, oh, Jesus had pain. So how, how, why should it be that I don't experience pain? What they all got out of it was they were going to meet their God in the midst of their pain. They were going to focus on the eternal, not on the temporal. In all this you greatly rejoice, Peter says. Though now, for a little while, you may have had to uh, suffer grief in all kinds of trials. This means they're coming. If you don't have them yet, they're coming. This is what he says. This is the process. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, so your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Your faith is of greater worth than those trials. That's what he's concerned with. I love this in Jeremiah 33. Three. Call on me, and I'll answer you, and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. So, let me just give you three quick things as the worship band comes up. Some things we'll never understand. I'm sorry. It won't be until we're on the other side of eternity that we ask God, And but here's what I know, as far as I can know it. Your answer, when you find out what it is, that you'll never understand it, and then you get to eternity, you'll go, oh, that was smart (laughs) oh wow that was really loving Oh, oh i didn't see that some things you just won't understand some things will never change you know you get into an accident and something happens to your arm and it's just not gonna it's just not gonna change And so we have to ask ourselves before our Heavenly Father, God, can I still follow you? Can I still worship you? Can I still trust you? Can I still love you if this doesn't change? And hopefully you get to be the type of person that that, uh, can do that. And then lastly, sometimes we suffer for others. Sometimes we go through these things because God has a bigger plan for someone else. Maybe it's you can't have children, and so you adopt two little babies that would never have had parents. Maybe you go through that pain for that. I don't know. Again, I'm not giving advice or anything. I'm just saying, what if? I just want to make a quick statement on this. This this is our veterans who were just so thankful for their service because it cost them a great deal. It cost them part of their emotions. It cost them part of their memories. It cost them part of who they are. And they did that, they suffered for others. And that's why this weekend is such an important weekend because we have people all around us that have suffered. Uh, some, their, their lives are gone. So.